you add up all the money you personally spend buying companies for the past, whatever, two, three years, how much have you spent, would you say? Probably 300,000. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hey folks, my guest today is Sam Thompson. He's a former Fortune 500 growth consultant turned digital entrepreneur. He currently runs a product studio that builds, grows, and sells profitable internet companies and teaches online entrepreneurs how to grow their businesses faster. Sam, you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right, product studios are all the rage right now. So do you have your own internal dev team and how many projects have you spun out? Yeah, so we actually run a little bit more of a hub-based model. Um, I think that the moment that you try to formalize a product studio, you lose some of the leverage and flexibility that comes with it. Um, so I, I run much more like contractor-based. I just utilize my network and, and see what's good. Projects to date, oh, uh, I don't know, 25. If you're including partners that we bring in, probably like 35. Mm-hmm. And, and let, can you can you talk about a real example? Maybe one of these on your site, like Hype Fury. How'd you work with that crew? Yeah, so Hype Fury, um, they came in more as a client. Um, that's like kind of the middle ground piece is like in some cases it's client-based. Sometimes it's uh, a much more partnership or building products that I own entirely. Um, yeah, examples that I can talk about, generally the ones that we're starting up, um, I just acquired uh, a company called Leadbird. Um, they're uh, an omni-channel lead generation SaaS company. How do you see um, it? L-E-A-D-B-Y-R-D? Yeah, leadbird.io. Um, and so I was actually a client of theirs. Um, they have a phenomenal SaaS in the background. Um, so we just we just got that, brought in a team. Um, I mean, we're up 8,000 in MRR after six days. That's the um, leadbird? Yeah, leadbird. Um, is, so is that the only one right now where you've run that playbook on that you own it? Um, no, I mean, I own a hundred percent about 12. Okay. So there's, there's 12 SaaS companies that you or Jetpack basically own a hundred percent of, uh, Mm -hmm. a couple other ones. Um, yeah, try bump, um, try bump.com. Uh, that one's more data as a service. Um, and so that's, uh, essentially right now in the, uh, (laughs) in the influencer space, there's a bunch of, you know, uh, for e-com brands, there's a bunch of platforms that love to charge $300 a month for access to this outdated database. Yep. Um, and so we decided to kind of flip that model, make it much more accessible, only 40 bucks a month, um, and do a hundred influencers a week, more gating 
the amount that we put out and make sure that they're handpicked. Yep. Um, and so we just, that one's still kind of in like soft launch. Um, I was only doing a couple hundred in MRR, which like, to be honest, in, in the product studio land, I think a lot of people are gunning for like massive exits and investments. And I don't do that. I just understand the acquisition climate of micro SaaS right now. Um, and so for real, our, our barometer of success is a thousand in MRR because a thousand in MRR, as long as you have a brand moat, tech moat and revenue moat, you can get, you know, especially with under 10 K and ARR hundred thousand dollar acquisitions. And so our goal is like, let's just pump and dump as many of those as we can a year. Mm-hmm. How many of the 12 are at more than a grand in rev- a month in revenue? Uh, right now, five. Okay. And which one's the largest? Uh, that's one I can't talk about. Thank you, legal. Um, the largest one we scaled from zero to 26K in MRR in the first 42 days. Got an offer for 1.2 million, turned it down, realized that we could make an exit for probably five to 7 million in the next 18 months. Um, and what so just been scaling that. Say it again. What space is that one in? Um, we like the prosumer markets is the ones that we focus on a lot. Like Bump is a, a key example of that. Um, it's trybump.com. Uh, trybump. T-R-Y. Oh, trybump. Got it. Yeah. Trybump.com. Um, and so that's that's an example of like the prosumer market. Right now, the spaces that we think are, are the most valuable are creating tools for people that make buying decisions as if they're a business, but they have unilateral decision-making because they you don't have to go through a B2B sales process. Leadbird is different. That's like B2B. That's like our average time to close is seven days. But with things like Bump, I come from an e-com background. Like all the companies that I started were e-com. And so I focus on profitable acquisition. Um, and so going after those prosumer markets that can be targeted via Facebook ads, which is like really our strong suit, but have MRR components because they're micro SaaS is the ones that absolutely scale. As long as you can achieve profitable acquisition on the front end, it's game over. Let's talk about Leadbird. You've gone from, you bought it at what amount of MRR? So we bought it at, it was at like 400. 400 bucks yeah. a month. And what did you pay for it? Yeah. Um, that one paid uh, 1200. Okay, it paid 1200. And how'd you find it? Like MicroQuire or something? No. Um, the big thing on MicroQuire is it's not, well, I won't say that. It's I would say it's not so much in favor of the buyers um, unless they have a plan to grow it and want to flip it on the back end. But the multiples right now are ridiculous in, in favor of the founders. Yeah. Um, you know, six to eight X ARR numbers um, or annualized profit. But um, most of the time I'm, I'm going through GitHub. Um, another one that I like is Code Canyon. Um, there's a couple of platforms like that where... In the micro SaaS space, it's it's the Pareto principle. It's 80-20. Um, the 20% of the business is the bones, like the actual meat and potatoes of what needs to happen. Then I can have a contractor come in, whether it's redo the website, redo some of the billing stuff, whatever it needs to be able to be able to push it out over scale. Um, and so we just kind of buy existing code bases that I think have promise, reposition and then repackage them for a specific market. Um and then launch. And so most of the time I get the actual meat and potatoes of the code severely underpriced because it's normally a developer who built something with no intention of really turning it into a business. And then I can take the functionality, put all the bells and whistles on it to make it scale and be able to sell it. 
Remote teams are all the rage right now. In fact, many companies wanna stay this way, even post-pandemic. And the reasoning's obvious. Hiring talent from anywhere in the world means you can bring on better talent. But the challenges are very real. How do you manage employees in other countries legally and easily? What about international payroll, employee benefits? What are taxes like in countries that are far away from where you're based? You need to understand all of this, including local paperwork and local compliance for all your remote employees. Now, two of the most successful remote companies, both GitLab and Zapier, have reached multi-billion dollar valuations, and they use a special tool, a secret portal, I like to call it, at remote.com. Remote's platform is easy to use for full-time employees, contractors, and your HR team. They help you scale your international team, your remote team, at a price you can afford. Now look, when I sign up sponsors, you guys know I like to get a great deal for our listeners. Otherwise, we won't run the sponsorship. Well, Remote has delivered. Sign up today and receive a 50% discount off your first employee for the first three months. Check out nathanlacka.com forward slash remote and enter promo code LATKA to get started. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash remote and promo code L-A-T-K-A. Check it out today before you miss out. So Leadbird, when did you buy that one that close? Uh, early May, like two weeks ago. Okay, two weeks ago. And what's and it's doing 8K per month now in revenue? Yeah, we just did eight. We just hit eight. Well, seven, five with one that's closing today. Another 500. So, so walk us through how you did that. Go on getting your first 10K at MRR. Yo, so the, the, the best part, the best part about Leadbird and, and one of the things that I love the most about that kind of that industry specifically is that it's self-fulfilling, right? We use Leadbird to generate leads for Leadbird and sell them Leadbird, right? And so it's literally this system that just runs. And that's why we ended up buying that system. Um, because right now with, with LinkedIn <laughs> running into the issues that LinkedIn has with organic outreach, right? They just limited connection requests and are starting to put more and more ties down on, on the automation side, kind of like Instagram in, in late 2018. Um, and so we got to go omni-channel. And so we built, well, we didn't really build it. We bought it and then we added some stuff to it, but um, it's full omni-channel, email, text, all of that. And then we just go balls to the walls with organic How much have and you Twitter. Spent, how much have you spent on paid ads with Leadbird so far? Paid ads, zero. Because it's all organic using the platform itself. Got it. So you're using Leadbird, you're targeting a, a job title, whatever, then you're cold emailing those mm -hmm. folks and then a portion are signing up. Mm -hmm. What's the Working job title? discovery cost. Um, we kind of do anything. So we, we don't do it so much by niching down into the job title, which like when you're getting started in SaaS or, you know, any B2B, that's kind of what you do. Um, we go much more for, uh, <laughs> their average order size. Like what's their LTV? Because as long as you can create a 10 X ROAS on the offer, it's a no brainer for the client so to sign up. Know, how do you know what the people you're prospecting for, what they charge for their tour. Yeah, generally com company size is one of them. Um, we do, we try to stick uh, obviously in, in the B2B services. Um, so Sam, you're um, assuming that if a company has more employees, their average ACV of what they're selling is probably higher. Mm -hmm. okay. And people that are active on LinkedIn and that's like the targeting that we can do within Leadbird, um, which is like the ones that are actively putting out content about specific topics are generally trying to generate leads from LinkedIn anyways. And so we just target people that are the most active on LinkedIn that match our search criterias. And then it means that specifically, like when, when, Inst or when LinkedIn was like, yo, you can only send a hundred a week. We were like, we got to make those hundred count. And so our search parameters got a lot more stringent because we were like, we want to make sure that the use of the 
each invite actually matters. And actually, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Each of them actually matters a little bit more versus <laughs> what people in LinkedIn lead gen and all these other automated tools do is like sprint. They're like, let's just pump the shotgun, let it rip. And I'm like, no, 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 we're going to run snipers. Like yeah. we're going to find the people that we actually want. And we do other stuff too, where like when you sign up for a managed plan on, on Leadbird, we actually go and, and build you custom lead lists first. Um, and so we actually are able to like, for everyone that signs up, we're like, yep, here's 700 qualified, verified leads with email, all of it. Um, we just, we got tired of, of LinkedIn automation tools that just were like, yep, we're going to hit up as many people as humanly possible. And like, all it does is waste everybody's time and your churn is ridiculous on automation tools because of it, right? Like yep. three to four months, maybe. Um, and so we were like, let's get super specific. And I brought in a dude that uh, runs a performance-based lead gen agency to run it. Um, and so he knows how to get results. Nick Abraham. Okay. What's his yeah. firm? His what? His firm. His is Elevate Leads. Elevate with two A's. Okay, got it. And is he full-time out Jetpack or no, you're just contracting with him? Yeah, so we're actually going to bring him in. He's getting on the cap table for Leadbird. Interesting. So it'll be yeah. like Jetpack owns 80%, which is really yeah. huge. And then he owns like 20 or something. Yeah. Okay, got it. And he'll generate leads, paid stuff. Interesting. How many, if you yeah. add up all the money you personally spend buying companies over the past, whatever, two, three years, how much have you spent, would you say? In the last two or three years, uh, probably 300000 Okay. And how many companies have you sold? And what was like the aggregate, like add up all the sales? Sold. Yeah. Uh, sales price total would probably be just north of two mil. I mean, okay. So you could argue like great return on ad spend. I mean, yeah. do you ever go raise a fund and do this at, you know, do, do more? Yeah. It's similar to what I said at the beginning is like the moment that you, you formalize it, I feel like it loses some of its power. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to dad, to be honest. Like I do understand the leverage from a, from an earnings potential that raising a fund offers. And it's been brought up where people want to like back Jetpack as a venture studio. Um, but when you put in money like that, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the people that are funding it have to have a very keen understanding of how I operate and how I grow businesses. Um, and the intention is everything. It's like, I'm I mean, not yeah, going I mean, for just, billions, yeah, the, right? The pre-recording, the, pre the first thing you say to me, we've never met is, hey, cutie. I mean, I'm like, okay, like this, guy, this, guy <laughs> yeah, knows, like, this guy's like fucked up psychologically. I love this. Yeah, and that's fine. It's like, <laughs> I just, I run things differently. And, and the people that are around understand that, which is cool. Um, I, well, I, up, the reason I'm asking this is because this mm -hmm. brings up a bigger question about personal like asset allocation, right? Which I know, I know it's a big word for someone like you that's like creative and interesting, but like, you are thinking personally, okay, do I, do I take this money and put it into more SaaS companies? Do I put it into like cool real estate? I'm going to build with my wife. Like, do I put it into crypto? Like, how do you think right. about that? Um, I think about lifestyle first more than anything else. Um, to get into like, like real quick, a super personal thing. I did very, very well when I was younger. I sold my first agency at 18 for seven figures. Mm -hmm. And at the same exact time, both my grandparents died tragically. So I was like this kid that was on top of the world financially. And I lost everything that actually mattered. And it reshaped my understanding of like what I want my life to be. And I run the math. I do a Google sheet twice a year, age 25, 35, 45, 55, and 65. And I literally like line by line, write, what am I going to spend my money on? So like when I'm 55, I'm talking about like 
oh, I'm going to have a daughter who's playing club volleyball, right? What's that cost? And I'm doing the research. I'm looking at it. And what I will say is for me to be happy. I love building stuff. I love creating things. I love growing businesses. I like that my effort and my expertise is, is validated with cash. But I just know that there's a line there, right? Like, And, and to me, going after venture funding or, or <laughs> having a dad that's like watching my every move is like, it, do, it doesn't, it might give me more, more asset leverage, which is phenomenal. But like, if my target is 30,000, and to be honest, it's only 30,000 when I'm 55. Like right now to be happy, I need like six, right? Like that's it. Yep. And so I just focus on, on building in that direction of like, let's build things that make me happy with people that I care about. Not just like, I want a jet because I don't really want a jet. Sam, like, we're, we're out of time. So I want to wrap up here. This is just good. Do you share this publicly anywhere? Have you written a blog post on this or something? On what? The on, 25, on this lifestyle, 35? 25, 35, 40? I talk about it all the time. People, I send people like the Google sheet template that I use, um, but I, I haven't turned it, into a post. Can yeah. you send it to me? Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, and then last question, there's people listening right now going, going that are going to say, I want to go find a GitHub repository or code can thing doing 400 bucks a month or five can AR and buy it for 1200 bucks. You obviously yep. don't want that competition, obviously, but I'm still going to push okay. you anyway. If they want to do that, where would they go on GitHub? Where do they look? Um, I search generally, like if you just search product categories, like one that I searched that I found that I actually like that all y'all can try to steal and I'll, I'll beat you to it. Um, is there's, there's one that I found that's interesting. That's like an, you guys know, intercom, I'm assuming there's like an intercom code base that serves the exact same functionality. I just bought one, um, <laughs> for $400. That is, uh, have you ever heard of used proof little pop-ups? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Just bought that for 400 bucks. Like, and then I just have my developers look at it and say, Hey, how can we make this custom? Dope. I'll and drive put traffic. a thousand. Yeah. And drive traffic. And I'm like, to me, I spent $800 a month on use proof anyway. So the company's immediately at 800 in MRR, which then gives me the leverage to say, okay, that's 7,200 or whatever it is, 9,600, I'm sorry, in ARR, which then I could go and sell for a hundred. Yep. Sam, I love this, man. If people want to learn more about you online, where can they go? Uh, jetpack.so, Twitter, I'm Sam Thompson. Guys, Maybe I've interviewed a lot of people, maybe like the poster child for understanding micro SaaS, a healthy lifestyle, bootstrapping, like all in one person. You have it here in Sam Thompson, 300,000 on buying 12 over 12 companies in the past three years, over 2 million exits, most importantly, building a life that he loves. Sam, thanks for taking us to the top. Hey, I really appreciate it.